guys, wasn't the first one great? Hey, hey guys, hey, 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 remember the first one? Remember how great the first one was, guys? Y'all remember that? That's what we were saying to ourselves throughout this entire month. So guys, welcome to the Mess Up at Midnight podcast, the show that is weirdly happy that spooky season is over, mm-hmm. mainly because we don't have to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre anymore. I'm your host, Max Steele, and I'm joined by Michael Flaherty. It's no joke. No jokes. No, 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 no jokes. No, 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 no turtles here. No, it's it's very funny. Spooky season was always weird because all of my friends were talking about all the horror movies that they're getting ready to watch and all of that such. And I'm just sitting here like a like a prisoner in jail going, oh, no, none for me. Thanks. None. Nope. You guys go go ahead and watch It Follows and The Babadook and all of these interesting horror movies. I'm going to stay right here and watch Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, look, Terrifier 2 is coming out in theaters. No, I can't do it. I have to go watch Leatherface. God, that's... <laughs> it's, ooh, Spooky Season was a tough one. Spooky Season it, it, was a tough one. Dude, indeed it was. Now, this episode is going to kind of be like a little bit of a shorter one. We're going to be wrapping up Texas Chainsaw Massacre Month, the Mess Up at Midnight double feature extravaganza as a whole. Look back and just try to figure out where it all went wrong. So Mike, what are your <laughs> overall thoughts on this month? It's so the th- my thoughts on this month are very much it's like it's like that feeling whenever like as a finance person, whenever you're uh, looking at your investments, you look at the stock graph going up and you're like it's going to go up, it's never going to go down and then it goes down and then you go, okay, but I'm ready for it to bounce back. And then it just doesn't bounce back. And you're like, any day now. And then it just doesn't. And it just continues until you're like, please, please, I'm begging you. I'm, please, please, please stop. Please stop. Enron, what are you doing? Please stop. <laughs> now, I'm, kind of, I'm in the same boat. Like, I am glad that this month is over. Mm-hmm. But I'm also glad that we did it. Because like, oh yeah. One, I feel like it's brought us closer together in the in the same vein that uh, watching Bucky Larson brought us together. God, that yeah, no, it's shared shared pain builds bonds. That's what I've learned from this month. Now, um, Mike, do you have anything you want to say overall about this month? I think the only thing that I really would have to say was that this, this month. It showed me a very interesting trend that Hollywood hasn't exactly kicked yet, but they're a lot better about it now. I don't know if you've seen this, but like one thing that I've seen, Hollywood has revivalitis, as I like to call right now. They're all about their Hollywood does not want to give indie indie movie people a chance. So they're looking back at their catalog going, oh, that was a cool IP and that's going to enter the public domain soon. So we got to make another movie of that. So you're, we're seeing a lot of the revivals and it's really just making everyone kind of, I don't know if it's making everyone, but I know at least you and I are getting kind of nauseous or tired of it. But yeah, I go ahead. I was going to say like, just by looking at, because I got the filmography here in front of me. And you look at like, you know, 1974 to 1986, 
all the way through all of the sequels, and then you get the remakes to get the 3D one, and then you have the requel that we got in that we got this past year. And looking mm. at it, you really do see a trend in not just you know horror movies, but kind of movies in general with just mm-hmm. franchising just a a, a freaking classic. And then just watering it down with just sequel after sequel. Then, oh, wait, we're going to do we're going to do a remake in the 2000s and then we're going to put it in 3D in the early 2010s. And then we're going to do a movie where it takes place in the same timeline as the original, but it just disregards all the previous sequels, kind of like how they did in Halloween 2018. And it really paints a whole picture of Hollywood as a whole. Yeah, it's it's definitely. It's definitely something that's kind of that it's it's not worrying. It's Hollywood has these ideas and it's no they're not going to run out of them anytime soon. It's just easy cash grab money makers that they're just sort of that they know they can just churn out, which is like, yeah, 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 which is I don't personally like. But what whatever. It's just I think you said it best. They're just watering everything good down. It's. Like, like I, I, like I can't wait for the Back to the Future where it doesn't involve Michael J. Fox or or Christopher Lloyd, and it's just this watered down hodgepodge that involves a DeLorean, and mm-hmm. you're kind of left going, "What the hell is going on?" It's, but I do have to say, with all of the faults that we're highlighting, and God bless, they are faults. Make no mistake, I'm much happier than what it felt like than what I've sort of began to notice looking back at 80s and 90s movies which was they had sequelitis where they were just churning out number 8 of jaws and number 6 of like Texas chainsaw where you're sitting there going please I'm asking you to not make another one of these it's okay we don't need to make sequels of everything gremlins could have just been a contained masterpiece we didn't need to put the gremlins in New York all right it's okay yeah and you did mention something and I want to kind of go through any highlights or lowlights that you had from this past month so like for me, the first one, I mean, the, you know, the OG 1974 classic, you heard us gush about it a lot, but more so I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, our bit on Tony Romo and speed walking <laughs> this past month was just chef's kiss. I was listening to the first episode because we're recording this on October 8th and my, and like I was listening to that and I w- that was just making me just laugh, imagining, still imagining Leatherface just fucking speed walking down a highway. <laughs> Dude, it's great. It's great. I I loved it. No, I I agree. I agree. Our bits, our bits with Tony Robo and like Leatherface and his family, like trying out for the Houston Texans, just had me had me rolling over. Like that was actually fantastic. It was hysterical. The the thing that made me <laughs> now the thing that made me laugh until it didn't was the inevitable passing of Coolio not about a week and a half ago. A week and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. Listeners, this was recorded October 8th. So Coolio had recently passed, RIP, all of mm-hmm. the jokes that we made prior to. It's It was obviously, obviously, 
they're not in bad taste or anything like that, but they're definitely ones we look that I'm looking back at just going like, just going like, yeesh. Mm. <laughs> it's, you're like, you're like, it's maybe, maybe we ease up on the Coolio jokes now, but I thought they were very funny at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking back of to like the sequels and, and I did notice something mm, apart mm-hmm. from like the more recent ones, like probably starting with 3D was, I mean, in part two, you had Stretch and Chop Top part and those uh, are Leatherface characters. Yeah, exactly. And in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, we had motherfucking Ken Foray. And in the fourth one, we had Matthew McConaughey. And I mean, even in the remake, we had Arlie Ermey. So like. Each movie, despite, you know, their flaws, they did have at least that one character looking back where I was like, okay, I like them, but it's just kind of like a diamond in the rough. That is true. It's very interesting that they always try and cast one person in the movie that actually does a solid job at what they're doing. Like, um... Like you said, Matthew McConaughey, Arlie Ermey, and then even in, I'll even pose in 3D, Alexandra Daddario, because I don't think Alexandra Daddario had gotten big yet. Or if she had, she was still kind of, she had just gotten big because mm-hmm. she was solid too. It's it's very interesting that this franchise has enough to bring bring one person to act as sort of a diamond in the rough for the movie that kind of isn't good. Mm-hmm. Now, because yeah, yeah, it's seeing seeing Matthew McConaughey and Vigo Mortensen and Ken Foray all all play a part in it was honestly enjoyable. So we mentioned some highlights. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, and one of those highlights is again the fucking first film, and that's a big one. I mean, that's a huge yeah. highlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about some lowlights. Oh, and for me personally. That whole podcast where we talked about Leatherface 2017, partially because it was a tough weekend for me, but it oh mother of god, I did not like that movie. I I I have to say, I have to say of the movies that we watched, of the Texas Chainsaw movies, Leatherface had to have been my least favorite one. I would say I would say that was my least favorite, more so than Next Generation, which I feel like may come as a shock to some people, but Honest to God, honest to God, just so many people, so many, so many like interesting dumb shit happened in Next Generation that made it funny. Like I would watch it again. Honest to like, I'm not kidding. I would get absolutely destroyed with some friends, make fun of the movie, laugh at Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey. And totally have a great time at the B subplot that there's a secret society using the Sawyers as a feeding ground. Mother of God, I am so glad you brought up that secret society because after we've gone through that this month, the secret society subplot in the fourth one just sticks out like a sore <laughs> thumb. Like, it's- are they like are the, are they trying to say that the Sawyers are like in ties with the government and they're actually like? aliens or some shit like that one is just the most confusing aspect in a very confusing franchise it's so it's so strange that like the bar 
was so low already by the time we got to the fourth one. The third one had tempered our expectations so spectacularly. And then we get into get into the secret society bit. And I just had to pull back and go, we couldn't even do the base thing. The base thing being the base thing being just have them just be cannibals. Mm-hmm. We had to put in this extra bit. And what made me more sad, made me more sad than mad, was the fact that Kim Henkel, who acted as Toby Toby Hooper's second right-hand man mm-hmm. in the creation of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and also played a part in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, he was also involved. He kind of spearheaded Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Which made me stop and go, oh God, Toby Hooper was the one who handled it. Okay. Because... Oh, Lord, this is, it's so, that subplot, along with the twist in Leatherface, were probably Mm -hmm. my two most anger-inducing moments. Yeah, it, there was a lot, there was a lot of anger this month. And Mm -hmm. going to, like, the, going to the remakes and the prequel to the remake, those ones are, I kind of feel, are just largely forgettable, and if so, if anything, it shows an example of like a pre-saw and a post-saw movie, like I talked about in the podcast. Yeah, um, and the same. The, the talking about being forgettable, the same can even be said for the 3D and the awful line "Do your thing, cuz." Holy oh, God, shit! God, that's it's it. <laughs> that is the clunkiest, most awkward line I think I could he- I could hear someone say. Do you think, cuz? <laughs> like. That's a that's a that's a differently abled like chainsaw wielding murderer. But okay, cuz dude, that should have been the tagline for this movie: Leatherface 3D. Do your thing, cuz in 3D. Do your do your 3D thing, 3D, cuz 3D. (laughs) Had to say it three times because 3D. Um, and another low light: the fucking the fucking um requel, the 2022 one where. I don't know, it's Leatherface attacking Gen Z was atrocious. That was just... That one, that one has the most confusion to it for me. Because every, because when I was watching that, what really had me going, like, why? 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 Was just, they didn't make any of the protagonists, like likable you were never rooting for them you were always going shut up or oh my god please like literally the one that had me like like my favorite person in the movie was richter and that's not because i liked richter it was purely because richter minded his own business like (laughs) it's that cannot be the that's that's a sad baseline when when your protagonists are less likable than than the racist redneck whose only good trait is that he minds his own business. Yeah, R.I.P. to Richter. They they did him dirty. They also did Sally dirty in that movie by bringing her back for literally I hate to say it, literally no reason. It's, and then oh. if you took like if you took her out of the movie, 
I mean, all you would need to do is get another character to have the shotgun, but you could have given that to like Dante or Dante's partner who just gets unceremoniously got. Yes, absolutely that. It's it. It's just they could have done something with it, mm-hmm. but they chose to do nothing with it. They could have made Texas Chainsaw for a for a twenty twenty two audience. Keep the same idea as the original one. Make updates, change, pull it in. Keep the themes. Because I feel like the themes of the original one still apply today. It's a very, it's a very pro, uh, it's a very anti-meat uh, message, a very pro-vegetarian message, which, you know, given, given the current climate situation, maybe reducing the methane output may be a smart idea, but that's, we're not a political podcast. It's, mm-hmm. and then also like the, the idea of desensitization, like all of those themes apply. So why did they decide to put Leatherface in a fucking orphanage? Like mm-hmm. they could have just they could have incorporated everything that they had in the original one, but just update things. And it would have been a perfectly serviceable remake. But choosing to go in that different direction just created this really dumb hodgepodge movie with a callback that was the most it felt like almost a humiliating callback. Yeah, I'm and I've I've been kind of battling this question ever since we got done recording. Mm-hmm. Can you truly like make a sequel to the OG that encapsulates everything that the original was about while still, you know, it, it's a fine line because like we had part two that was a little bit more comical, but still somehow was a good connection to the first one. But to capture that raw, unnerving dread that the first one had, mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's so hard because of of the production that we talked about like just the hell that everybody went to how the graininess yeah. the grit like like we said in that podcast i keep going back to you can't fake that sweat that was on their face that's like thick damp the dehydration is on their mm-hmm. face the exhaustion is there you it's, it's hard to fake that truly cuz you can just look at something vague and just say oh that 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 doesn't line up with what we've seen from this movie because they're actually suffering. Yeah, I remember th- this actually it's actually really interesting that you bring this up. I remember I I was watching I was watching with my girlfriend Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. the original one. And I remember my roommate came in and he's a fan of the movie, so he started talking about the uh the issues that production fell where it was a lot where it was really hectic. They had only one day to film it and everyone was really being pushed to their limits. And I thought back obviously to the first one where it was Toby Hooper was pushing everyone to their limits. And then I started to think about all of the other like good low budget movies like Halloween is another good example. These actors were being pushed to such a limit where they didn't need to act because they were that they had gone off the deep end already. Like Gunnar Henson said it the best. He goes, no, I stopped acting after a certain point in time. I was that mad. And I was like, that's crazy. Or like, or like, uh, what's his name? Emmett something or Emil. What's the, uh, the hitchhiker, the guy who plays oh, Nubbins. Uh, Sawyer. Nubbins, Nubbins. Nubbins. What was it? What was his, what was his, fo- Edwin Neal. Yeah. 
Edwin Neal. There we go. Um, he, like him saying it, he, he lost touch with reality. Like that's, that's really something. And that's a, that's a scary thing. Like for creators again, cause at what, like someone might hear and say, okay, I'm going to make my actors suffer and intentionally, but like, no, 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 no. That's not what you're supposed to do. You don't, don't be an asshole <laughs> just to try to get a perform like that. In my opinion, that's not okay. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a very, it's a weird line that you have to draw. Like, can you honest to God capture the original? No, I don't think so. No, um, it's yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was gonna, I was going to ask uh, you a question. You finish you finish your thought after you. I, oh, all right. Hey, you hang up. No, you hang up. Hang no, it's, it's I, I agree. I agree. You shouldn't torture your actors. But what I but my point was mostly just on the end of these people were pushing everyone to their complete limits, which is mm-hmm. what makes those old movies still hold up in terms of intensity. Like you look at all of those old movies and. Honestly, I don't care how much of a badass you are. Those movies have tension. They have real tension. And you're it's it's high octane. Mm-hmm. And it, it may not have the loud noises and speed and like speed shaky cams that modern movies do. But I, I still think they are 10th gear level speed, especially with tech, especially with Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just yeah, it's just that. Yeah, it, it's just. There's the there's the fine line between pushing someone and torturing someone. <laughs> now, do you think that your opinions of any of the other movies have changed as the month went on? Like, if you watched, I don't know, part three, maybe just by itself when we're not marathoning all of these, do you think your opinions of any of these movies would have changed? I think... I think my opinion of number three will have will be a much brighter opinion. I can because mm-hmm. again, I feel like I I, I I it's it's the that one and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning or whatever. Like, are those good movies? Absolutely fucking not. Those suck. But it's when you look at all the other ones for context, it's like it's like. I didn't have the full picture, so I was just ordering things as I went. Now that I can look back, I can reorder some stuff in terms of what's my favorite to what's my least favorite. And honestly, I'd be much kinder to those mm-hmm. looking back. Because I yeah, didn't I think I, I, I don't think I, I think I was, I think I may have been too harsh on number three specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the third one. Um, not sure if I, not sure about the the beginning because honestly, I don't really remember a whole lot from that movie. In my opinion, it was largely forgettable and just a, you know, torture porn that just kind of gets a right to the, you know, right to the killing. Um, in my opinion, I feel like we may have been too nice on 3D. I feel like if we watched Texas Chainsaw 3D just by itself, we would have been like, that was not a good movie. That was not good, but. In the, but when we just got done again watching the remakes, watching the next generation, it was it was just so nice to have a movie that was just kind of you know just regular bad, other than downright atrocious. So, Mike, I want to ask you, where do you think the franchise goes from here? I, I wish this wasn't my answer. 
I wish this wasn't my answer to your question, but I think the movie, I think the franchise ends. I think the franchise ends, put it in the public domain. Let some, let some indie filmmaker with a $10,000 budget, make another one. I think that is the only way you can solve. You can do this. I think the more money you pump into this and the more big name directors you have, like, make them the more and more you're going to be churning out these awful 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 movies that just suck that just suck yeah help give it to us <laughs> give us I, the yeah, chainsaw master i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm not saying we'd make a banger but i'm saying we'd make a banger we'd make one that captures just all the horror and disgust of the first one. No, no, we wouldn't do that. We'd be calling out after, uh, after uh, Next Generation. That's where we'd be picking up <laughs> off of. That's where we'd be picking up. Somehow we'd get Matthew McConaughey to come back and reprise it. We'd just capture all of like, the, the good characters we mentioned before. We'd get Stretch back. We'd get Matthew McConaughey. We'd fucking Ken Foray in here. Arlie Ermy for some reason too. They'd all just come together and form like the Avengers of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre universe. <laughs> it's our, it's 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 everyone. The whole gang's here. Everyone's aged up, and Arlie or Arlie Ermy's corpse has just been propped up, and he's just no, hanging him, out there. We make him grandpa. That's what we do. Exactly. Just put him in a wheelchair. Just go. Granddad's feeling a little under the weather, and it's literally just a, a like half decayed corpse. So if another this might this might um kind of link back to the question I asked before. If another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie was announced, would you watch it? At this point, I would. I feel like I've sunk so much time and hours into watching this whole franchise. I think I'd probably sit there. I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and feel obligated to. I wouldn't be like, "Damn, I have to do this now." I would probably look at it and go, uh, probably, you know, she don't fuck it. It's a Friday night. I'm not doing anything. I'll probably watch it. That's, that's the, that is the criteria in which I would watch this next one. It's like being in an abusive relationship where you like think back to like the 10% of the time when it was like good, really good. But the, just the rest of it has just been just dog ass awful. And the only thing you're like, okay, yes. well. Well, maybe we'll get maybe maybe we're, we're going to be coming back to the good times soon. I promise. Exactly. You're like you're like it's it's we're 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 going to turn this ship around. I can I can feel it, and then it just doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> it's 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 quite literally it's that it's literally that it just I I just think that with this with Halloween with Friday the Thirteenth with Nightmare on Elm Street, all of these like. All of these classic 70s and 80s horror movies that really like defined the genre of slasher movies and horror movies for for like decades to come. I think they just need to be put in their casket, lowered in the grave and put in the public domain. So that if someone comes out so that you give the opportunity to someone who has a genuinely fresh idea. Mm hmm. Yeah, like and, I think no. I think I think that that's the only way we do it. Yeah, I mean, I think franchises are slowly but surely beginning 
to die because just think we haven't had a new and you know keep in mind we're saying this on um october 8th so if some news comes out in the middle of the month that oh we're getting we're getting a new nightmare on elm street or friday the 13th you know this was recorded before then but as of right now the last friday the 13th movie we've had was really was the remake in 2009 and then we had the nightmare on elm street remake that came out in 2010 so hopefully we're getting away from you know just just let the 80s die let the 80s let the 70s let it die <laughs> so we can have new creative um franchises like the conjuring franchise that's great. been kind of hit or, this, uh, there's the, the first one great the second one some people didn't like it and eh, i get it annabelle creation the one that david f sandberg directed awesome uh, chef's kiss um but mm. yeah it's it's kind of like the rest it's kind of like you know becoming the modern day and we're just going to we're going to see if that one's going to get just run into the ground. Yeah, it seems it seems that there's it what I'm what what kind of makes me glad is that it seems that there's a level that there's a higher level of reverence for for good movies now. Like they're not being I uh, granted I'm not involved in the deep, deep involved in the Hollywood sphere so I wouldn't know, but they're kind of adding a level of reverence to good movies. Mm-hmm. Like when a director doesn't explicitly paint an opportunity for a sequel, it's kind of just pushed down and everyone's kind of quietly accepted that that's it. Which I yeah, kind of respect. I think that's good. And especially like, I don't know. I really don't know if you can even do like a Texas Chainsaw movie I mean, even though we, even though obviously we had one, but I don't think that we really should have. With the way how streaming has taken over the platform, really the movies that are getting good is like your hushes. You know, a mm-hmm. woman in a house by herself. She's deaf. She's her house is getting broken into. You hear that? You hear that like one line description? Don't breathe. Another another good example. Robbers trying to break into break into a blind man's house. Like just those like one to two sentence like. It's like an S it's like an SEO based movie, like search word, like search engine optimization, get a title that's going to hook yeah. you after one, after one to two it's sentences. It's very, very elevator pitch movie, mm-hmm. movie, movie descriptions. That's mm-hmm. the best way. It's, it's like you have one sentence to sell me. And if you can do that, then hot dog, you've got yourself a movie. If not, then the door's that way. Like, I, I do agree. I think, I think like stuff like that is is definitely the way things are going, which honestly, I think it's I think it's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. We're not having these big franchisable things where it's like, oh yeah, this is super open for continuation. Now it's just no, this is a good idea. This is gonna get hits, and this is gonna be really contained and cheap. And they're like, great, perfect. That's what we need. That's why Hush is so perfect. That's why Hush mm-hmm. is so great, and so and so so many people in the horror sphere know about Hush because mm-hmm. it it hits all of the correct marks in this modern yeah. streaming world. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it, like it'll be both like a blessing and a curse because you know, like big money studios will look at that and say, okay, we're just gonna it's just gonna like be like a conveyor belt of just kind of middle of the line, just schlocky, just middle of the line movies that you're gonna forget about once they're done. Um, and like with Texas Chainsaw. I got a Netflix. Um, I got. A, I don't. Where's the Netflix description? I lost the Netflix description. But guys, 
do you think that like describing, okay, after 50 years, a chainsaw wielding serial killer is going to come back and take vengeance on a group of townspeople. I'm sitting there thinking I've, I've seen that movie before. Yeah. It it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel new. Mm -hmm. It feels so done. It feels so expected. You're like, Oh, okay, fine. That's fine. Like maybe if I've, maybe if everything else has been exhausted, like the new Stranger Things season seven hasn't come out yet. I'll pick that up. But it's, yeah, it, I think it's a double-edged sword that we're walking into. And it's kind of, in one sense, it's forcing Hollywood to retire existing IPs, which thank the Lord. But on the other hand, it's also like creating, like you said, just these middle of the line, easily churnable sort of movies. Now, I just have one more question for you, Mike. Uh, and if you have anything mm. you want to touch on, please just speak up. Which oh, yeah, absolutely. Was, which Leatherface was the coolest? Which had, like, the coolest design? Oh, the cool... Okay, so... All right. In terms of the best Leatherface, the best Leatherface will always be Gunnar Henson, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. You will never Not tell me that. otherwise. Gunnar Henson is Leatherface. He is Leatherface. I don't care what Andrew, Andrew Brynjarski says. Gunnar Henson is Leatherface. Um, in terms of coolest design, I would say, in term, I would say Leatherface in not Leatherface in the second, in whatever came after the whatever movie came after the remake. So to, I think it's mm -hmm. the beginning. Uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, that one I was actually pretty impressed with. I was like, that is an intimidating leather face right there. Mm -hmm. I, I I will say that. Like, like that is a that that leather face genuinely is imposing. Mm -hmm. And as yeah. a result of that, I think he'll have I think he wins the coolness award. I think in terms of genuine, honest to God, frighteningness, it's still Gunnar Henson. But that in terms of just cool look. That is that that is it. That is the leather. That's the cool leather face. Yeah, the de the design. And I was going for the remake design, like because just seeing him in that like um, slaughterhouse when it's like dark and just the mask and he's just so into. I was like that leather face to me felt like a force. Gunnar Henson again. That mm -hmm. is just maniacal. You know, part of a crazy family. A madman like that the Gunnar Henson of that one he wasn't like this he wasn't like you know the central focus but he played a much bigger part to something much more horrifying which that's in my opinion I think that's much better than just having one character that just kind of feels like a force but definitely like in terms of design the remakes Leatherface yeah holy shit that's badass oh yeah absolutely I was going to say, ahead. what about the what about the worst leather face, the worst design? I think we both know the answer to this. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any nuance or setup or any surprise here. It's fucking 2017 leather face. I I, I, I almost don't even disappointments that left, one. right, and center. It's it, yeah. It shouldn't be one. It shouldn't even be one. But lo and behold, it is. It is, it's, it is, um, yeah, that is, that one, that one sucked. That one sucked. I was, I was looking at that. I went, no, you got everything wrong. 
This isn't even this isn't even Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. I was just going for like in terms of design, but yeah, now that you mentioned leather, like I, I don't know why, but I think my mind is trying to like push that one out of my brain, just of how just infuriated it made me. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's I, it's so actually it's so actually terrible. It's so actually mm-hmm. terrible. It's 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 just they didn't make they 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 chose to go in a direction that was based purely off of the fact that it would catch people off guard, not the fact that it would be good, mm-hmm. which is awful. You are not M. Night Shyamalan. Stop twisting. I feel like, I feel like a, I feel like a religious dad in the fifties. Stop twisting. Yeah, so Stop you, you twisting. Said, <laughs> you said that immediately. And my mind was just like, Going back to like Leatherface just dancing and doing the twist. <laughs> I was about to say Leatherface is like doing the twist. <laughs> and it's me in the back of going like, stop it. Stop twisting. Now, Mike, do you have any other thoughts about this past month? Any thoughts about the movie? I, any any closing closing arguments? The big the big question I want to pose to you before we wrap this up. This is the one that I think as someone who holds the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre as one of my favorite horror movie, one of, if not my favorite horror movie, mm-hmm. I want you, I want to hear your I, two cents on where did you think the movie, the movie franchise, Texas Chainsaw lost its way? Where do you think where do you think it stopped being about the message that Gunnar Henson was putting out and started being about the dumb, cheap thrills? Because, and why? Hmm. Stopped being, I mean, if it's, if you just want to say stopped being about like the message, then I would, I would even just say that, well, the second one, cause that one goes like a little bit more of a comedic kooky route, which I love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of like losing its way, as a mm-hmm. franchise, I could, I could point to like truly losing your way. Cause like Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, that one, like if you just watch it, you could think, okay, that one just kind of feels like, like a misstep, you know, trying yeah. to find your footing, you know, in my opinion, where it just falls is the next generation. That's really <laughs> where it kind of be, it, it, that, that's in, in my opinion that's where it lost its way because it became more about oh look at all of these look at Matthew McConaughey doing the caveman unga boonga thing and look at this new Sawyer family that we have here and then obviously you know we get the remake that feels 2000s as hell and then mm-hmm. three and then it just kind of never truly recovers from that point like there at least like I think the Nightmare on Elm Street so, like with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's a little bit more of a consistent franchise, and it has some bad movies too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> dream I mean, Chasers or Dream Warriors? Hey, Dream Warriors is a banger. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and even and even like Wes Craven's New Nightmare, that one was that one was good. It was fine. It was decent. I was like, I liked that one. That one was okay. So, like at least there, with a Nightmare on Elm Street, it was a little bit more like consistent like you had its peaks and valleys but they were like not that far apart but then like with this one it's like you have a fucking banger as a first one second one's good 
Third one's like, oh, okay, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, I can understand people wanting to stick around. But then the fourth one comes, and you're like, okay, where, 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 where did we go wrong? What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think while while I think the easiest tee up is the third one. I think the third one is very easily just sort of like, sort of almost like put up like on the tee and you're given the bat to say the third one just mm-hmm. because it was not good. But I, but I agree. I think, I think the, I think the third, the, the next generation and then the one after the 2003 remake, because I feel like, I feel like the 2003 remake was there with, Texas Chainsaw with Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 Mm -hmm. in the sense that no it was not good but it also was enough to where I was comfortable with more I watched it and I went "Ah, it's not good I'm not like loving it but at the end of the day if you put more in front of me I wouldn't sit there and like kick and scream but after that sort of after that point, it all sort of started to fall apart hard. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it sunk into into just mediocrity and crap. I yeah. So I would say I would say either the the sequel to the to the uh, the remake, or or the Texas Chainsaw Three. Those are the two. Not to, no no no. Next generation. There we go. Next generation. Mm-hmm. Those are the two movies where. Uh, I feel like the movie began to fall up. The movie as a franchise began to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, I love you. I know we love you. You're, you know, <laughs> you're representative of what, of what the messed up at midnight podcast is all about talking about mm-hmm. movies and having a drink while we're doing it. But dude, I mean, I, I, you, I, Hey, you were the best part of the next generation. I will say that. Yeah. But That's, even then, there was a lot of stuff around you that just kind of made it sink into the ground. Yeah, it's hey, and also to and also to her credit, Renee Zellweger tried her best. Mm-hmm. She didn't succeed, but she, damn it, she tried. And I and I and I respect that. You know, it's hey, Jerry Maguire really turned things the fuck around. But it's we all had to start somewhere. Well, guys, if there's one thing you need to take away from this month, let's go watch the first one, please. Yeah. Do, do yourself a please. favor. It feels it feels like necessary viewing for anyone that calls himself a cinephile, a horror fan, or just a movie goer in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Mike, do you have any do you have any any closing thoughts before we shut down this month? I wish I could be I wish I could be a show a visual of myself swinging a chainsaw around wildly, but I can't. So um, I, I think I think I just watch the first one. If you're really feeling it, watch the second one. But yeah. we've let the franchise be the beat be those two. Yeah, just cut just cut to Leatherface at the end of the first movie with him waving the chainsaw around. That's us right now. Exactly. Exactly. Even hell, even the stretch dance number chainsaw swinging at the end of the second one. That one, too. We could do that, too. Well, guys, this month has been a blast. So thank you to everyone who joined us on it. Um, I need a break. I need a break. 
of a good movie. Yeah. So (laughs) listeners, listeners, uh, you can, you'll have to understand where my co-host and I are coming from in terms of exhaustion. Like this was like, we, like I wouldn't trade this experience for anything, but this was definitely, this got, this got, the going got tough as time went on. So you'll have to, you'll have to, Bear with us as these next couple of of episodes are going to be very. They're going to be good movies. They're going to be real movies. They're not going to be your 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 regularly scheduled schlocky horror movies or schlocky just movies. We're gonna. It's going to be some good stuff to like clean us to like to go through a cleanse of sorts. Yeah, and my palate needs a cleansing. I mean, hell, this movie made me think Texas um, Texas Chainsaw 3D was not that bad. I do want to go back and watch it at some point to see if it actually isn't. But yeah, we need a break. We're going to cover mm-hmm. an actual good movie. Let us know what you guys think on our social media. Follow us on Twitter, Absolutely. Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, let people know about the podcast. I'm happy we did this month. And Mike, I, I feel like it's brought us closer as a unit. Absolutely, absolutely. We're like, uh, what's the what's the what, what's the SpongeBob joke uh, that he made with Squidward? We're like brothers, only closer. Sure. And then he reveals it, and they're both like sharing a heart or something like that. I don't, I don't know if we could do that, considering that we are both quite literally on different sides of the country right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there, there's there's a wee bit of distance, but no, it's yeah, no. I do feel I do feel like there's a very it's very odd with these like torturous sort of things. The level of camaraderie you get out of it sometimes. I can just send you just a chop top gif randomly, and you'll just be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, hey, there is nothing Texas Chainsaw related that you can't send to me that I won't go, that I won't go. I don't understand that reference. I go, yeah. You're like, I get it now. Shouts out to Chop Top, by the way. I don't think we talked about him enough in this podcast, but shout out to Chop Top. Chop Top, you are awesome. Bill Mosley, you're the greatest. Thank you. For Bill Mosley, absolutely. Bill Mosley. Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> hell fucking yeah. Bill shout Mosley. out to you, man. But mostly, if you're listening, come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. I'd love to ask you experiences about uh, being Shop Top and uh, the uh, All American Massacre. Massacre. Exactly. That's, I wanna... that's the thing I want to talk about. I will. <laughs> if Bill mostly, if you come on, it will it will mostly be about All American Massacre. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I know Mike's got to get going. You've got you've got to go somewhere. You got places to I, be. I, I got I got places to be. I got. I'm a big star. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Sure, sure thing, buddy. Sure thing. I'm, oh, I'm here thanks. to support you, man. <laughs> I'm ready all right, for guys. Close up, Mister Monroe. <laughs> I hate you. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next, uh, next time, next week, whenever this podcast is released. We'll see y'all next time. All right. See you next time, everybody.